Let's go in our Bibles to 1 Samuel chapter 2. 1 Samuel chapter 2. And let's pray and get ready to, to get something. hope you came ready to get something here today. And uh, we're not just taking up your time. It's not our intention just to get you all uh, cleaned up and looking nice just to come and be here. But we have a meeting with the Lord. We have an appointment with heaven today, don't we? And, uh, and when I meet with someone important, I expect it to be, you know, productive, fruitful. Something happens. In our meeting with the Lord here today, I'm expecting something to happen. Expecting good things to, to, to happen in us. And uh, so let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your grace that abounds in us. It's all sufficient. It's more than enough. It's more than we need. Lord, we just uh, look to you now, ask you to speak to our hearts, direct our steps, order our paths the rest of our time together, believing that you have something to say, believing that there are things that we need to hear. And Lord, we look to you and trust you and put ourselves in position to hear and receive every good thing from above in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, everybody, we're in a series that I call Made of Honor, and we're dealing with uh, the subject, of course, of being honorable people, how we honor God. And, and, of course, honoring Him has to do with honoring His His plan and honoring His people and honoring His presence. And so let's go back into our, our text here, 1 Samuel chapter 2 and verse 30. Therefore the Lord God of Israel says, I said indeed that your house and the house of your father would walk before me forever, but now, the Lord says, now, just stop right there for a moment. If that bothers you at all that the Lord said one thing and He's saying something different now, that's simply because they weren't uh, in obedience to Him. They weren't doing their part. Therefore, what they got from Him was about to change. And that's why He said this, Far be it from me, for those who honor me, I will honor. And those who despise me, shall be lightly esteemed. He's basically telling them, you weren't showing honor, therefore you're not getting it. You've lightly esteemed me, you've despised me, and so you're going to be lightly esteemed. But in the midst of his apparent rebuke to these people, we can learn a valuable lesson. That if I will learn what it means and learn how to show honor to God... It's not going to fall on deaf ears or he's not going to turn his head as if he didn't even notice. When I honor him, he honors me. When you honor him, he honors you. And that has to do with, again, you can see the verbiage here, I don't treat him light. I don't make his kingdom and his ways and all that he's about just kind of trivial, unimportant, take it or leave it, whatever. No, if he's about it, this is all of a sudden the single most important thing in my life from this day forward. Doesn't matter how I feel, doesn't matter how my day's been, doesn't matter how my bank account, what my bank account looks like. If God says it, that is all that matters to me now. Okay? This is the attitude of one who highly esteems him. And too many times people highly esteem themselves. Because we think, well, low self-esteem, that's bad. <laughs> and so they've taken it to the point where it's all about me. It's all about my life. It's all about me feeling good. And if I'm not up to par, then you just got to accept that. Well, you'll be lightly esteemed. 
there'll be some things that are severely lacking in your life with that kind of attitude, especially now if you know better. When the Lord has revealed certain truths, given us understanding, listen, there's also an expectation that we step up and we act on that. It's one thing for the person who doesn't know much. The Word hasn't been revealed. But many of us, we've heard, we've seen, we've understood. And there is an expectation now that we should honor Him with the knowledge that we have. Everybody with me now? There are some different examples in the Old Testament uh, that I think can give us a picture sometimes of what honorable people do, how they act different than the person who's just concerned about their own personal well-being and personal comfort. Uh, People who live by principle, they live by honor, they'll at times do things that, I I don't know, might even seem foolish to some on the outside. There was a time in 2 Samuel chapter 23 when David was out with his mighty men. They were, uh, in, they were in, it was a battle time. And the Philistines had uh, occupied Bethlehem. And David was thinking one day and he was kind of talking out loud. And he was saying, I sure would like to have a drink from the water, of the water from that well in Bethlehem. <laughs> that would be so good. And he had these guys, they were called his mighty men, the three mighty men. One of them overheard. They overheard what David, their leader, was saying, their king. They heard what he was saying, and he got together with the other guys. He said, did you hear what he wants? David wants some water from the well in Bethlehem, where the Philistines are, the enemy. They want to kill him. They said, let's go do it. Let's go get some. And they did. They snuck over there. They went across the enemy's line. They probably snuck in there at night, and they found the well, and they got some water. And you think, someone might think, well, how dumb is that? I mean, they could have lost their lives. They put their, their own selves in jeopardy just because David wanted water from that well. They did. And they made it back, and they brought it to David. And uh, I think, why else would you do that? They were honoring him, weren't they? They severely inconvenienced themselves to show honor to somebody else. And then David responded, you know, with it. He poured it out. He said, you men have put their lives in jeopardy. I'm not going to drink that. <laughs> it's a person of honor. And they'll act differently at times than the person who's kind of a part of our culture today. Just very disrespectful towards many things. And they, 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 won't, they won't do something special. You know, another time earlier, it, it was in Second uh, Samuel 11, and uh, it was a time when David was not doing some honorable things and he should have been out to war with all the rest of everyone and his nation was at war. He's hanging out in the palace, getting up on the roof and looking around. Anybody know that story? Saw Bathsheba, ended up in an adulterous uh, encounter with Bathsheba. She gets pregnant. And uh, what David did then is he, he called for, uh, what was his name? Uh, Uriah. Uriah was Bathsheba's husband. And he called for Uriah to come off the battlefield. He brings him in there says, hey, get washed up and everything. And go. And he sends a present with him, sends him some food, and wants him to just, uh, you know, have it, take it easy. And, and he's probably, you know, trying, he's dealing with his guilt. And, uh, and Uriah, being an honorable person, he wouldn't even go back to his house. He went and slept out at the, at the, at the king's door. 
and, uh, and just slept outside. And when David heard, heard about it, the guys told him, he's not doing it. He's just hanging out there. And he calls him, man, what, what's, what's up with this? He said, listen, everyone else is out in the battlefield. They're out in the field sleeping in tents. I'm not going to come in here and come in here and eat and lay with my wife and all this stuff while they're out there. I think, wow. You think about a level of character and respect. He, didn't, he wasn't helping anybody else by doing that. They weren't better off because he wasn't in his own home. Didn't help anybody. But he had principle to his life. He had character. He was a person who was showing honor. And so there are certain things he would give up for principle's sake. No, I'm just not going to do it. I just don't feel like it would be right for me to be here while they're out there right now. And, and, and you wonder if, if any of these thoughts even cross, cross our minds in the day and age and time in which we live. But in, in asking this question, how is honor shown, there was a few different things I, I can see from the Word of God and how we can show honor. Again, we're talking about honoring God, and that comes in with honoring His plan and His people and His presence. In what way can I show honor? What activity needs to be in place in my life where it could be said of me by anyone looking on, there's an honorable person right there. There, there's a person who, 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 is, who is a respectful and honorable person. And, and I want to look at Proverbs chapter 3 and read a, a very well-known verse first so we can see how honor is shown. Proverbs 3 and verse 9, it begins this way, honor the Lord. Now, I, th- I don't think anyone here would, would disagree or have a problem with the fact that we should honor the Lord, right? But look at the next part. It said, honor the Lord with your, what? Your possessions. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the firstfruits of all your increase. You know, one of the primary ways that we honor God, or let me say it this way, it's not only God, but how we show honor to God others as well, which is honoring God, is we honor Him with our money. You know, uh, you know sometimes people want to honor Him in many different ways, and, and they want to be a, a respectful, honorable person. But you know, sometimes it, it, it's, it's something that really cuts to, the, to their heart, and it's an issue with them, and it keeps them out of a position where God can honor them. It's because... They don't honor him the way that he says, this is how I'm honored. And it keeps them out of God's best. And it's tragic. And sometimes people would even question someone's motive for saying it. But it's the word of God. It's the way he directed us to come higher up and to, and to show him proper honor. You know, when we, when we bring uh, offerings and tithes to the Lord, you know one of the things we're doing? We're honoring God. How many know we're not meeting his needs? <laughs> he has no needs. He has no want. He has no lack whatsoever. Why would you do that? It's a matter of honor. I'm showing him. I'm giving him weight. I'm giving him that place in my life. And I do it with stuff that takes a place in my life. Look over with me at another verse. It's, uh, it's 1 Kings chapter 10. 1 Kings 
chapter 10. One of the areas that I think can be a challenge to some of us at times when it comes to giving of our stuff is we typically see things in relationship to need. If I have something and you have need, logic dictates I would give what I have to you. Now, if a person is merciful and compassionate, we know not everybody is, but if they are, that's the thinking that's going through their mind, typically. You need something, I have what you need, I should give what I have to you so you're no longer in need. However, if someone lives by that principle alone, they're going to miss God all day long. They really are. It is not right that every time I have an ability to do something for someone else that's in need, that I should do something for that someone else. You know what happens if I live that way? Every time I see a need and I have the ability to meet that need, I meet that need. Very quickly, I'm the one in need. Very quickly, I run out. Even if, I'm, even if I were very, very wealthy, it wouldn't take very long at all. If every time I saw a need, I met that need, I'm going to be without. And I'm going to be the one with need. You see, the Lord designed this. He wants you and I to live, to live with a surplus. Do you know that's true? He never wants us just barely making it. Why? Because then we're not in position to do that. We're not in a position to ever meet the need of another person. But I like to say it this way. If I have, uh, I've got $100, and I see that Richard needs $100, okay, my thinking might be, well, I have, he needs, I should give him my $100, and his needs met, everything's good. However, what if I do that, and I give him that $100, and the next day I run into you, and you need $100 too. And when I see you, there's something on the inside of me. There's a prompting from the Lord that says, give her $100. And I reach into my wallet, and I, ah, I gave it to Richard. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I missed God. I did something because I saw the need, and that was, my, that was the only filter that came between me and giving something is just a visible need that when the Lord wanted to do something, I wasn't in a position to do it. Sometimes people have a problem with having extra, and it's just kind of laying around. And I, uh, and I realize most people don't have this problem, but you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but they think, well, I sh- we should give it. If we have it, we should give it. No, 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 no. You don't know what's coming up tomorrow. You don't know what the Lord might lead you to do. And, and, and Richard, he might have been whining and crying and telling everybody about his need for $100, just being carnal and full of unbelief. But she wouldn't say a thing. She was just trusting God. She made her request known unto God. And she's thanking you, Lord. I believe you're meeting my need. Wouldn't tell anyone. Richard's telling everybody. <laughs> she's not telling anyone. How does God respond to that? Does God respond to noise? If people scream loud enough and long enough and cry enough, does he say, all right, 
No. <laughs> I mean, no, there's a whole lot of that going on. People telling everyone about all their problems and, and letting everybody know. And nothing's happening. Nothing's getting fixed. And then you got someone who you look at them on the outside and you think nothing's, everything's good with them. That's because they're in faith. That's because they're, they're literally trusting God. And so I don't want to interrupt this process. And just because uh, I see something, I should automatically do it. And not seek the Lord concerning His direction when I know He Himself doesn't do that. I want to be in a position to do what's right with what I have. Amen. And so honoring the Lord, honoring the Lord by honoring various people in our lives, it's not just need-based. Amen. It's Spirit-led. It's the only way we're, we're going to do this long-term. We're going to be in a position to do this again and again. We're listening to the Lord. And He's directing us. You're going to honor this person at this time and in this way. In 1 Kings, we have a story of Solomon. Everybody have heard of Solomon? He was, he was a very wise guy, right? <laughs> a wise guy. He was, he was smart. He had wisdom from God. And the guy was wealthy beyond what most of us could even comprehend. The guy was very, very rich and very, very wise and his, his reputation had gone around the world and all that he had done and he had built and his wisdom. And there was this other, there was this woman called the Queen of Sheba. She had heard about him and she had heard amazing things. So she went down for a visit. She went down to see Solomon, and when she saw it, she was blown out of the water. She was amazed. She said, it's way more than I was ever told. She was astonished. And, and, and so you got this rich guy and this rich woman. Solomon's not praying the day before, Lord, someone send someone. I need help with my power bill. I need help with uh, making my car payment, my chariot payment. Uh, I need, need help with no that's not the condition Solomon's in he's really walking in abundance but look what look what Bathsheba does let's read verse 9 did I say queen of Sheba who's Bathsheba oh that was the other illustration <laughs> too many Shebas <laughs> when I was a kid we had a dog named Sheba there's just a lot of those around I don't even know what a Sheba is. <laughs> Nevertheless, let's come back to this. First Kings chapter 10 and verse 9, uh, the queen of Sheba said, Blessed be the Lord your God who delighted in you, setting you on the throne of Israel, because the Lord has loved Israel forever. Therefore, he made you a king to do justice and righteousness. Then she gave the king 120 talents of gold, spices in great quantity, and precious stones. There never again came such abundance of spices um, as the queen of Sheba gave to King Solomon. Also, the ships from Hiram, uh, which brought gold from Ophir, brought great quantities of almagwood and precious stones from Ophir. And uh, what's happening here? Solomon doesn't need this stuff. He's not in any kind of need or having any lack or want. What in the world is Queen of Sheba doing here? She's honoring him. 
She's honoring him. Her gifts were not a matter of need. It was a matter of respect. And you give gifts, and that's one of the ways that you honor the Lord. It's one of the ways that you honor people is with stuff. But if all we have in our mind is all my giving is need-based, we're really going to miss out on some opportunities to honor God. We really are. Amen. Praise the Lord. I know this, when it, when it comes to, uh, you know, t- at times for when, when churches have particular needs and they, or ministries have needs and they'll tell you we need this, this, and this, oftentimes uh, giving will increase, so people will step up, we'll all meet that need. And, uh, and, and not that that's necessarily wrong, because if it's spirit-led, it's always right. Uh, but you wonder sometimes... When, when, when people are only giving towards needs, wonder how much they're really uh, operating in honor on a consistent basis. That's just extra. Here's another way that we honor the Lord. We honor Him with our heart. We honor Him with our heart. It's possible for a person to do a lot of things externally and do them right, but in their heart they're not really honoring God. And you don't need to turn here, but Isaiah 29 and 13, 29, 13, therefore the Lord said, inasmuch as these people draw near to me with their mouths and honor me with their lips, but have removed their hearts far from me and their fear toward me is taught by the commandment of men. It's possible for a person to look good on the outside, to say the right thing, but yet have something different on the inside. I mean, no, isn't that the, the definition of what makes faith work when a person believes in their heart and they say with their mouth when those things are in agreement or in, or in alignment Jesus said you get whatever you say it comes to pass when you have that the reason things don't work is someone believes one thing and says another everybody with me understand what I'm talking about the same thing is true with honor when I endeavor to act honorably but my heart doesn't really want to. I don't really have an honorable heart. That doesn't get very far with God. These things must be deep-rooted. They must be uh, coming from the very uh, depths of who we are inside that we honor the Lord with our heart. The other side to this is also true. And that is, even though he's saying here, man, these people, they're honoring me with their mouth, their lips, but their heart is far from me, actually honoring someone with their lips with a good heart is a positive thing. It's something the Lord wants us to do. We are to show honor verbally. How I speak to you and how I speak about you will determine what kind of person I am and how much honor I'm showing. How I speak to you and how I speak about you. You know, there are certain people in life that you should speak to differently than others. And sometimes people speak in a demeaning fashion and they put people down, they treat them as if they're somehow beneath. That's dishonorable to do that. I think in our culture today, uh, I think there's a a lot less respect shown in some very practical ways. Uh, I believe it's good and and right, um, a respectful thing for people to use titles 
I see sometimes in, in, in our schools that it's becoming more frequent that school kids will refer to their teachers by their first names. You know what I'm talking about? When I was a kid, my teachers didn't have first names. <laughs> I can remember on a few occasions hearing one thinking, that sounds strange. Because you just never, ever for a moment used it. And I know some instruct, some teachers now in, in grade school and high school and all this, they'll even tell their kids, call, you know, call me by my first name. I'm not so sure that's a good idea. I really not. I think there's something to be said about and something to be valued in showing respect. Some of you, you young people and students, if your teachers do that, don't do it. If he says, call me Dave. Yes, sir, Mr. Johnson. What are you doing? You're keeping them separate in your mind. This is a person I'm supposed to look up to. You know, sometimes you hear about teenagers calling their parents by their first names. I don't think that's a good idea. I don't think that's respectful and honorable. But yet it's that, it's that mindset again where everything's the same and we just kind of blend everything together and we're not distinctive at all and not holding anyone up in our lives. I think it's right to use. If in doubt, you know, use doctor and mr and mrs and things like that we we taught our our children i don't really like so much you know children coming up to an adult and they just say hey bob or bob <laughs> uh, and it just i don't know that sometimes just doesn't sit sit real well with me i think there should be a higher level of respect because of age hmm. elders are to be respected just because they are that older people and uh, with our kids we we always you know because there's a lot of adults in our kids lives that we know very very well and so we would have them you know use first names but like Mr. Rick but Mr. Bob you know Miss so-and-so or something like that it, just something that we added and they probably feel like that's their name <laughs> well it is to you but something we add so they, they recognize, this is an adult. I'm not going to treat him like my, you know, my little 10-year-old friend. Someone that I should show an extra degree of respect and honor to. See, what are we, why, are we, why do I say this? This honors the Lord. It really honors Him when we have this type of mentality and attitude towards each other and towards various people in our lives. God is honored in the process. And at the same time, when we dismiss this, and you might sit there and disagree and think, ah, oh, that's old-fashioned. Or Don't dismiss it so quick. You don't want to be caught lightly esteeming the Lord. And consider that you actually might be doing that. And so we honor with, with, with our mouth. Here's another one. This is four on my list if you're taking notes. <laughs> I've got eight. <laughs> We honor by giving preference. We honor by giving preference to someone else. And here's a scripture on this. I'll just read it to you again. You guys aren't looking up enough scriptures today, are you? But it's Romans chapter 12 and verse 10. It says, Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love in honor giving preference to one another. One of the ways that I show honor 
to the Lord and to, to other people is by preferring them. They get first. I get second. You go first. I go second. You take the best. I'll take the rest. That's a way that we show honor. If there's, uh, if there's two pieces of pie left, a little one and a big one, I show preference to you by saying, here you go. You take the big one or whichever one you want, right? Instead of the opposite, I'm going to get in there first and I'm going to get mine. <laughs> well, who are you dealing with? I mean, you can, you can see brother and sister might do that. They're fighting for the, the biggest one. But who are you around? Who are you dealing with? Is there an opportunity here to honor somebody? I, I think it's a, it's a good practice. You're going into a building. Someone's behind you, even if you don't know them. You grab the door and say, go ahead. What are you doing? You're just being respectful and honorable to people by giving them preference. I don't think it's old-fashioned for husbands to open their, the door for wives or for men in general to open the door for women. I know in our day and age, some women take offense to that. <clears throat> I can open my own door. Well, and you have no grace either. You need to learn how to receive. Someone's trying to do something for you. They're not criticizing you. You're calling me too weak to open my door. No, you're just... That's just... That's just dumb. Hmm. Honor is something that we need to have in our lives. In any way, you see an opportunity to show it. To prefer somebody else before yourself. Especially... If it's a person that's identified in the Word as a category, we looked at some of those earlier, especially if it's someone that you're supposed to honor, you have an opportunity to show respect to the Lord. Amen. Amen. And so honoring one another. Honorable people, let me give you some characteristics. They are honest. An, An honorable person is an honest person. They're not bending the truth. They're not shading things. They're not, uh, they're not twisting the story a little bit to reflect on themselves better. They're honest. You can always, always know. If they're speaking, they're telling me the truth. They're the real thing. They're not trying to, trying to be a fake or a phony. An honorable person is an honest person. They tell you the truth even if it's going to cost them. Even if they know, I'm going to get in trouble for this. It's who I am. It's my It's, it's my character. It's who I am to the core. I can't say anything different than what's true and what's right. Honorable people are people who are righteous. And I say that in this regard. They do the right thing, not righteous in the sense of by the blood of Jesus. Uh, They do the right thing. They have an opportunity to get away with something. No one's going to know. I can get by with this. But something inside of of an honorable person says, you know what? This is going to cost me. Cost me some extra money here. It's cost me some time and uncomfortable situations. But I don't have a choice. I'm an honorable person, so I'm just going to do it right. Amen. Amen. That's a challenge to all of us. But hey, step it up. Because what happens? I have a choice here whether I'm going to be honored by God now. I can bend it and get a little short-term perk or benefit somehow in my life or I can honor God and I know long term payday is coming 
Yes, yes, yes. Honorable people are trustworthy. They're trustworthy. You can count on them. If they say they're going to be there, they're going to be there. If they give you their word, you can write it in stone. Amen. They're trustworthy. You can count on them. They're, they're faithful to do what they say. It's not uncommon in, in, in churches, even ours, sad to say, for people to volunteer for certain acts of service and setting up this and preparing this and, and, and decorating this and all kinds of things. And, and they put their name on the line. I'll be there. You can count on me. That's what the name says. You say, and then they just don't show. Don't call. Don't do anything. Just They got inconvenienced they, or they got busy or whatever happened. And they just don't do it. That's just dishonorable. That's a dishonorable act. To tell someone, I'm going to do something for you. I'm going to be there. I'm going to take care of this. And to not do it. That ought not be us, huh? Some of you are acting like you just got socked. <laughs> Cheer up now. It's time to learn how we can be honorable. Yeah. Amen. If I say something, it goes cross-grained to the way you think and the way you are. That's the reason I'm saying it. <laughs> even though, uh, you know, like preachers and stuff like to hear, yes, that's right, amen, those kind of things. It's good. If I heard that from 100% of the people, some of you are lying, <laughs> or I totally missed the message. <laughs> know what I'm saying? The reason we deal with stuff is because the Lord helps me to see people are thinking wrong in this area. There's some, there's some minds that need renewed in this they just need to see it, and they'll change. Yeah. So if you see things, if you don't see anything, something's wrong. But when you see things that maybe are lacking or altogether, lack, or altogether not there in your life, it's because God has great mercy on us. He's showing us mercy and kindness even now. Why? He wants to honor you. He wants you to be lifted up. But there's some activity. There's some wrong behavior. There's some thinking that's operating, operating as a blessing blocker in your life. And that's why we, we talk about things. And he helps me to see things even in the midst of what we're talking about. Because he knows you are just one step away. You are just that far away from walking into a whole new realm of God's favor and blessing. But there's just this little thing that's got to be adjusted. Amen. Let me go back to my other point now. Preference. I know it's on a totally different point in this message. <laughs> when we prefer and we give preference, that means what someone else wants is more important than what I want. That means in a service like this, by us preferring the Lord... It's not about what I want to hear. It's about what he wants to say. Because what he wants to say is what I need to hear, even if I don't recognize that. I know people who will avoid services if they know the topic is about a certain subject. I know someone, and this is not one of you, it's from years ago. But whenever their church would do a teaching or series on anything relational they would turn off if it was an extra service they just wouldn't go if it was a normal service they'd go with an attitude 
because in their mind, I don't want to hear about marriage. I don't want to hear about kids. I don't want to hear about friendships. I don't want to hear about this stuff. They just wanted to hear about faith and lots of good shouting stuff. In their mind, they didn't need to hear that. What are they doing? They are dishonoring the Lord. I mean, certainly you wouldn't go to a church where you didn't believe that the leadership actually prayed and got stuff from God. I wouldn't go to a church like that. Not regularly. (laughs) You know, where you just thought they just pulled it out of a book. I mean, dry, whatever. But if you believe that people pray and seek God, if the message is something that you think, I don't really need that, you do need it. And many times it's directly related. I know sometimes those relational things. Sometimes people will feel like, man, I've been struggling in my, in my body. I need a good healing message. And they go up and the subject is marriage. <laughs> and so in their mind, they're like turning that off. But I know this, there are many people who are having trouble in their body because of how they treat their spouse. And they don't see the connection. They don't see God's mercy and His grace in talking to them about that subject they got all kinds of other problems in life. Their finances might be thrashed because they won't walk in love. See, we need to trust the Lord that He's got our best interest in mind. And whatever the subject is, if it's honor, if it's uh, what's coming next, it's whatever the subject is, let's trust Him that we need to get something from that. Trust Him that there's something in that that's really going to help increase us and get us thinking right and thinking straight in being in the right place. We prefer Him. I don't prefer what I think I need to know. I've got my little mind here. And I'm going to prefer that above the mind of God, which knows everything. Say, this is what I need to hear, Lord. This is what I need. I don't always know what, I, what message needs to be received by me. When I was with uh, Brother Keith Moore the other day, you know, I don't, I don't go with... I don't go with him, and we sit down, and I just start jabbering the whole time. That's dishonorable. What do you mean? I mean, he's someone I want to show honor to and respect. So what do I do? I listen. I do. I don't mean I just shut up there and just sit there and don't talk and don't participate. But if he has something to say, I'm on the listening end of this. That's how I honor him. If you're in a conversation with someone important, don't do all the talking. Do a whole lot of listening. If you're praying to the Lord and it's just not working, it's like he doesn't seem to be hooking up with me in this prayer. You might want to stop and sit back and say, Lord, what do you want to talk about? And you'll find that things will work. And when you're honoring him, he'll come back around to deal with what you need. But if I skip that, I'll stay with what I want, what I think I need right now, and I'll forget about what he wants to do, and we'll never get this figured out. If the Lord has laid on your heart something to do, and you've set that aside until you've got all these other things you want to get straightened out first, I'm going to get to that, Lord. I've just got to do this, this, and this, and this. That's disrespectful. And guess what? These, this, this, and this, and this, they'll never get worked out. You'll deal with them year after year. And this thing of the Lord that He put on your heart, dealt with you to do, it'll always be in the background. 
years and years later. But if you say, you know what, Lord, you're dealing with me. If I'm supposed to do that, these things over here, I believe you're going to help me with that. You're going to take care of that. I'm going to get about my father's business now. I'm going to do what you want me to do. I'm not going to put anything else first. I don't know if you understand what I'm talking about, but I'm talking to someone here today. The Lord so wants that those things to be taken care of, but He's not going to put His business as second to that. Honor Him first. Give Him preference. All right, back to our honorable people. They're honest, righteous, trustworthy. They're respectful. An honorable person is a respectful person. They're not diminishing others. The, if you wanted to be, if you want to be treated as important, treat others as important. Treat all people as important. Number number five, if you're writing these down on a list, uh, honorable people are quiet about others' failures. They're quiet about others' failures. They're not looking to spread everyone else's junk around. You've blown it. You've fallen. You've sinned. I'm not going to make it any worse for you by telling everyone else what a dirty dog you are, what a rascal you are. I know if I fail, I would like the opportunity to repent and come back and save face. But how many know when someone person misses it and everybody else knows, it's a little bit more, cha- a little bit more difficult. It's more of a challenge for them to, to come back. Even though the Lord forgives them, a lot of times people don't. An honorable person will keep things, keep things quiet. If you blow it, I'm not about to spread your junk around. Why? Because I want to show you respect and honor. That's what honorable people do. Love, the Bible says, covers a multitude of sins. It doesn't expose but the flesh wants to hear something new and juicy. Loves to be the bearer of shocking news. If I can be the first to tell it. Did you hear what Tiger did? You see, that, see that kind of, that's what the media lives on. Why? Because our flesh loves to hear it. We want to hear the latest and greatest failure of someone that we all know. We want to hear all the stories, and it tantalizes our flesh. It's interesting to us. But for us, uh, you know, the spirit man doesn't really thrive on that stuff. Honorable people are quiet about others' failures. And, and, and number six, honorable people are humble. They're not proud and arrogant. They're humble. Proverbs 18:12 says, before destruction, the heart of man is haughty, and before honor is humility. An honorable person is one who is humble. Now let me close with this. One more thing today. Back in the book of Genesis, there was a man named Abram, later Abraham. And God made a covenant with Abram, told him what great things he was going to do. He said, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to be your exceeding great reward. And uh, I'm going to do great things. And, you know, make you father of many nations, all this stuff. You get into chapter 13, verse 2, Genesis 13, 2. And the Bible says, and Abram was very rich in cattle and silver and gold. What was he? Very rich. In other words, what God said he would do, he did. And Abraham was walking in it, man. He was flowing in the stuff. But you look up that word rich. In that, the, the Hebrew word translated rich is the same word from 1 Samuel that we started with today. When it says, honor the Lord. And he will honor you. The same word 
of honor is also translated rich. We could say it this way. God honored Abraham, Abram with cattle, and with silver, and in, with gold. Do you know what? I tell you what, one of the perks to this, and, and I don't think we, we should do it for the perk. We do it because we want to, be, want to be people who are honorable. We want to honor God. But when He honors you, it comes back in stuff. Why? One motivation, not, I don't think, again, not the preeminent one, but one motivation for me to honor the Lord is because I don't want to go broke. If I'm honored and it shows up in cows and, and silver and gold, or maybe something more current to our your, your life. If I dishonor Him, I lose my gold and my silver and my cows. You know what I'm talking about? It's directly related. I think so many times there are struggles that people are having in life. And I got to tell you, my best counsel to you today is check up on this thing called honor. Where are you at? How are you treating people? How do you respond to God's word, his plan, his ways? How do you respond to the gathering of the saints? His presence. Do you treat it light? you make it unimportant? Do you make certain people unimportant? Treat them as common as everybody else? In the middle of this, we're diminishing ourselves in ways that we probably have never thought of. We're making ourselves light when we can turn this thing around and God is revealing to us and showing us in very practical ways how we can demonstrate honor toward Him through others in our lives. And what's going to happen is we become heavyweights. He's adding things to us, and he can, you can see from the Word. Some of the things He adds to us is riches. He adds stuff to you. The same way I honor Him with my substance, He honors me with His. I don't know about you, I'd rather have His than mine. <laughs> but it's all one big, one big thing. It's all the same, all the same situation here. Same package. I honor Him, and He honors me. Amen. Let me pray for you today. Thank you, Lord. Father, for doing great things in us, we're so glad. I thank you that you help us and you, you instruct us, you teach us. In your mercy, you show us things that we've been missing, things that we've been lacking in, so that we can adjust our course. We can get our focus back on things that are important, that are truly important in life. In your mercy, you do these things. In your mercy, you help us. And I thank you, Lord, for doing great, great things. For I see the days to come getting brighter and brighter. People coming up coming up to a higher place, coming up and coming out of the low level of, of life that they've been in. Because as they make adjustments inside, it's not long until those adjustments are reflected outside. Lord, we purpose in our hearts today to honor you in high esteem. You're of great value more than anything else in the world. Teach us, Lord, 
as we go forward to be people of respect and honor in all areas of life. In Jesus' name. We thank you so much for it, Lord. What a good God you are. Praise the Lord. Father, for those who've come to church today and have never been born again, if they were to die today, they wouldn't make it.